What's up, Boom Team? Welcome back to the podcast, episode 18. I'm very happy to bring you guys this episode because football is back. Um, Regardless of how you feel about anything else that's been going on, football is back. You can't deny it, and I'm super excited for it to be back. Um, It's finally going to, you know, give me me a way to get away from everything. Um, No matter how somebody feels, it's uh, it's back. I'm excited, and I'm ready to recap the game on Thursday for you guys. Um, You know, pick some games for you that are coming up up this weekend. Pick some college games. Talk about, you know, how I feel in this upcoming season. And I, I can't express how excited I am. Um, to you guys. But first, I'm going to recap the past two games for the Celtics Raptors, and then I'm also going to be talking about the Clippers and the Lakers. And um, the Heat, as well, have advanced. Uh, I should probably start off with that. The Miami Heat have knocked off the number one seeded Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Happened a couple days ago. Um, I think it's honestly, I think it's super shocking. Um, the Heat have been playing great in the bubble, but it's um, you know the the Bucks were just different. You know they were a different team. They were the number one team in the NBA uh, record wise. Um, sadly for for the Bucks, um, they had to play two games without Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, the reigning MVP, uh, possible MVP of this season, reigning Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he's phenomenal force, and the Bucks team is great. Um, they got one win without him against the Heat, but uh, Miami has just been playing some phenomenal team ball. Um, they've been hitting the three ball. Jimmy Butler has been absolutely going off for them. They have young guys like Tyler Hero and um, and Donovan. Uh, what is it? Duncan Robinson. I was gonna say Donovan Robinson, but Duncan Robinson, um, who's been you know they've just been turning up for him. They've been playing some great ball, and um, I'm actually really excited to see it because you always kind of like to see the. Um, you always like to see the underdog win, and I like the Bucks, but I was actually very happy to see the Heat beat them. And it's just always exciting to see, um, you know, a, a lower seeded team take down a, a giant like the the Bucks have been this season. Um, and it's I'm excited to see what happens with the Heat um, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but right now I'm going to recap uh, Game Six and Seven of the Celtics Raptors for you guys. Um, game Six was a battle. It was an absolute battle. Um, and I couldn't really think of how to describe it until I listened to the Jim Rome show on the radio. Uh, he basically described it as, you know, just some old school physical basketball. Um, players were bullied inside in the paint and, you know, players just fought hard. Um, Kyle Lowry has been a huge part of the Raptors success throughout his career at the Raptors. Um, in the past three games, he's been scoring uh, 22, 10 and 33. Um, that was leading up to game six. Um, he plays the foul game very well, Kyle Lowry does. I didn't really notice it until I've been watching this past series. Um, he draws fouls very well. He's very good about taking charging fouls. A lot of players have to plan around that, um, which it is a big part of the game, but you also don't oftentimes have to worry too much about a player um, you know, looking for a charging foul. But Kyle Lowry, has, he has uh, broken the – he's cracked the code on how to get it, how to get those charging fouls. Um, the Celtics found their three-point shooting in Game 6 as well, um, shooting 50% from three, which was a, a big reason that they were able to be in the game. Um, it went into double OT. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, Kemba Walker didn't do very well for the Celtics, um, but they, as a team, they did great. Uh, the Raptors had six players in this game play over 20 minutes, which isn't terribly long, but if you listen to this, uh, four of those players, four of those six players played over 45 minutes. So in a game that went six quarters, or not a full six quarters, but it was um, four four quarters in double OT, which is 
about five quarters um, of basketball, they had players playing almost the entire game, uh, multiple players playing over 50 minutes. Uh, I think Kyle Lowry had like 57 minutes. They were absolutely exhausted. Um, you could just see it every time there was a timeout or something. They were sitting on the ground getting water. You know, they were, they were dead tired, everybody. Um, the Celtics did basically the same thing. Um, in that game, they had their, their core five that they were going with, their starting five, and uh, they just ran with them. Celtics had five players play over 45 minutes. That was their starting five. Um, towards the end of OT, the refs became a factor of the game, sadly. Um, but uh, with all this tiredness going on, uh, Norman Powell became the kind of the savior for Toronto. Um, he scored 15 in the in the final quarter and in OT um, combined, which isn't a ton, but they, his baskets, they were just big baskets, big foul shots. Um, and the Raptors showed that they're strong and they shouldn't be taken lightly, um, in game six. They, and I, like I said, uh, earlier, um, in other podcast episodes, I really didn't think the Raptors were that great without Kawhi. They seriously changed my mind. Um, you know, I've been listening to Jim Rome show every other, uh, afternoon and he said he has a quote, um, from somebody who he used to listen to, um, you know, not dead, can't quit not dead can't quit and I feel like that that encompasses the Raptors pretty well because you know they're they're the reigning champions you know you kind of forgot about I kind of forgot about that you know they're the reigning champions you know and it's not just Kawhi um is the reason they got there they were they're a phenomenal team um and they fight to the bitter end um and they shouldn't be taken lightly ever um and the Celtics did the exact same it was uh, it was a great game it was a, a heart wrencher you know you just keep going and going and going um and every other play just felt like it could have ended the game um, unfortunately, I would say as a Celtics fan, the, uh, the Raptors ended up winning it, forcing a game seven, which game sevens are always stressful. Um, but the Celtics did end up winning game seven. Uh, they won it by five, 92 to 87. Um, the Celtics were lucky that their free throw sh- or their field goal percentage was good, um, at 47 or 40.7% because they shot 23.7% from the three point line, which is not good at all. Um, Jason Tatum was the only player to make on uh, the Celtics to make more than two uh, three pointers. The Celtics really, if they want to, um, if they want to advance uh, past the Eastern Conference Finals and make it to the finals, um, they're going to have to really figure out this whole three pointing, three point shooting ordeal. They haven't been shooting the ball very well at all. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's not great, but they they were able to edge out the Raptors, and it was yeah, it was just phenomenal. Uh, the dagger plays in the series, I think, um, came at the end of the game. Uh, Norman Powell was on a breakaway, and uh, Marcus Smart, being the phenomenal defensive player he is, um, chased down Norman Powell and blocked him he, right off the glass. Um, wasn't goaltending or anything, and there was less than a minute left. And uh, like I said, Kyle Lowry being able to play the the foul the foul game, um, and being able to draw fouls or, you know, maybe give out good fouls um, on shots that, you know, they're big opportunity shots. Um, he fouled out for the first time in the whole series. Out of seven games, he only, he didn't, he never fouled out um, except for game seven, um, which is rather impressive. But I, um, I'm excited to see this, uh, this Celtics Heat matchup. Um, I was talking to my dad this morning. Uh, Marcus Smart is, I think he's going to pester Jimmy Butler. Um, and I think there's going to be some, some words had maybe if it, if it gets to that point. Um, I'm very excited, though, because this Celtics team is a very good um, overall just rounded team. Their, their subs are, are pretty solid. Their starting five are, are all great players. Um, but right on the other side of the court, you know, I'm trying not to be too biased. Right on the other side of the court against them in the Miami Heat, um, you're not, you can't take them lightly, you know. They just took out the number one seeded Bucks, and that's all you need to hear. That is it, period, done.
you know, the um, the Celtics Heat. It's gonna be it's gonna be absolutely phenomenal series. I think um, I I could see it going to seven um, in a prediction, but I think it's gonna I think the Celtics are gonna win in six. That might be a little biased, but um, either six or seven. I don't think the Heat are gonna go down without a fight. Um, I could be wrong, but um, it's uh, it's it's gonna be f- fantastic. I'm really excited. Um, the Nuggets fought back last night. They uh, they finally threw another punch at the Clippers, um, edging them out in Game Five. Uh, defense and three point shooting was the the tale of the night for for the Nuggets. The Nuggets have always been phenomenal from from the three line. You know, Jamal Murray is great from the three line. Uh, Michael Jordan, Michael Porter Jr. is a great slasher, and Nikola Jokic can hit the three pointer. It's always nice to see a big man in the NBA hit a three pointer. You know, you can just tell how much times have changed. Because um, you know, in in the old NBA, I'll say you didn't see big men taking three point shots. You didn't see that, um, not very often at least. But you know, nowadays it's almost a normal for for a big man to be able to drain a three. Um, Denver refuses to go down though. They absolutely refuse. And obviously no team's going to apply or like be like, yeah, sure. You guys can win. Um, but they, they are just like the Raptors. They are, they are a hard hitting team. They're going to keep throwing punches at you and you really have to be on top of them all game. Um, five players were scoring 10 plus points, um, for the Nuggets. It allowed them to overcome a 16 point deficit at one point, um, and 12 three pointers, uh, coming from the whole team. Um, and Jamal Murray had five of those. He's been absolutely phenomenal for the Nuggets. He's a great leader for that team. Um, I'm really excited to see what happens for him in his career. Um, I don't think the Nuggets are going to win the series. Um, I think the the Clippers might uh, finish out the game or finish out the series um, next game. I think it's uh, it's tomorrow to be on the 13th, I believe. Um, and we'll see. But uh, I'm excited to see where this Nuggets team goes. Um, I don't think they're like if they lose the series, they are not like worrying at all. I think um, you know every year they seem to get deeper and deeper and deeper into the playoffs, um, and I'm really excited to see what they do next um, if they get eliminated. I think they're big. They got to keep around their big three. They got to keep around Jokic, Murray, and uh, Porter Jr. Um, and if they can do that, and maybe add you know like a, I don't know, not a Mike Conley, but somebody of that of that stature, somebody who can be an impact player. I don't know, maybe Andre Iguodala if he if he decides to leave the Heat this year if he doesn't retire something something like that you know you don't you don't always need a, a super high impact player but you can a player who can get his job done do it well and do it often um, and it just for for the Nuggets they're they're a a very team oriented team <laughs> it's it's kind of as a shit statement but you know they they um there's no it's not just one person for them you know Jamal Murray goes off he gets all these big point games but that also comes off of the assists from his teammates the defensive plays by front by his teammates you know it takes everybody um and finishing up basketball uh the Lakers are they're looking great the Lakers are looking fantastic after dropping game 1 there's a little bit of uh of a of a breath taken out kind of like holy shit you know what's going on here are the are the lakers going to like have an issue with the rockets um but they're not i don't think they're going to they're up 3-1 right now and i just think tonight as uh, september 12th um that the lakers are going to finish off the the rockets finally um once that happens if if it does um that raises the question for the rockets you know what do we do now you know the, you got Russell Westbrook. You got one of the top point guards in the league. You got James Harden. You know, pro- possibly the top shooting guard in the NBA. Um, constantly twenty-five plus points. You know, stat line is just full. Russell Westbrook's the same way. 
Um, but this small ball routine, I don't think is going to work uh, completely. You know, you can you can edge a team like the Lakers every now and then. The Lakers are a taller team; they're a more physical team, um, and you can do it every now and then. I don't think it's going to be a series winner. Um, that's why I'm picking the Lakers to win in uh, in five. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen with them after. I don't think they're going to get rid of Harden. I think, you know, James Harden's been there too long. I think they love him too much in Houston. It could happen. It could happen, but I don't think they're going to. Um, I don't think they're going to start a rebuild process, especially after the ludicrous deal that they just gave Russell Westbrook this season. Um, I don't know if maybe you got to get rid of somebody like P.J. Tucker to maybe get a big man because he's not really a big man. He's pretty short to play the five. Um, but I, I don't know what you're going to have to do, but you're, you're going to have to figure it out somewhere. Um, they might be, they might be looking back thinking, damn, we probably should have kept Chris Paul. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I, you know, you really, if you're the Rockets, you kind of got to figure, think about, you know, what, what is this? What, what, what after this, you know, I don't think they're, they're not a problem anymore to me. Um, I think they're, they're a good team. But, you know, it's not like when they would play the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals um, like three years in a row that they would like that they're that kind of issue anymore. I, I just don't see it. Um, and I think after this season, you know, you're not going to worry about it. Um, and LeBron James has been absolutely phenomenal in this series, um, and he just keeps getting better and better. He's nearing a triple-double just about every game. Um, he, you know, he'll drop 25-plus in one game, and then he'll have – 16 17 points but he'll have in the in the next game but then he'll have you know 15 rebounds and nine assists or something like that like he's he's very close to a triple double just about every game which is massively impressive massively impressive um especially at the age of 35 you know he just he looks he looks great he always does um anthony davis is you know killing it down low you know the whole lakers team it's a it's a championship team um you know their biggest uh their biggest feet or their biggest issue right now I think is going to be um the Clippers if both of the teams make to the Western Conference Finals like I say they like I'm predicting they will but we'll see we'll see uh moving on first football game of the season the first NFL game I'm I am unbelievably excited because it is the first time in this podcast history that I'm going to be talking about a regular season game. I was I talked about playoffs. I talked about the Super Bowl. I started this podcast right around the end of the season last year, and now I'm finally being able to, you know, rather than all these, um, these, you know, like situational episodes that I've given out before, saying, you know, I think this team's going to win the division. I think that team's going to win the division. I actually get to talk about the games and the, you know, the recaps of the games and what happened, who, like, what I thought. I'm so fucking excited <laughs> um i'm kind of flying through this episode we're, we're about at the 15 minute mark but you know it's not a, not a ton of stuff going on um and it's kind of it's kind of hard but we're just gonna go with it anyway i don't really give a shit um the texans chiefs first game of the season um it was a good game it was a, it was a good game it was a little sloppy to me um a little sloppy um but there's no preseason you know these uh, these players haven't really gotten uh, like full situational practice in. I think you know because you're not you're not letting you're 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 not letting Teron Matthew sack um, Patrick Mahomes. You know what I mean? You're not going you know full 100% practice. You're just not. So you're not really getting those good looks in. Um, even so, you know Pat Mahomes, you know the reigning uh, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion. Um, you know he looked a little sloppy here and there. You know going for some like a couple times he'd throw out to the flat, um, and it'd get he just wouldn't go where he wanted to, or he'd overthrow somebody. You know those are those they're working out kinks. They're working out kinks. You get you got to remember that anybody who um, 
you know, said that they might not have been impressed with either team or it was a little bit of a sloppy game, like I'm saying. But, you know, it, it was sloppy, but you also just got to remember that it, you know, it was the first game, like first real game. There's no pre, that's what preseason's for. It's to get these players back in, get the, get work off the rust, get the, uh, get the wheels turning. But it was, um, it was really fun to watch. It was great to have, um, the game went on. They had their, uh, whole, you know, representation, national anthem stuff went on. I'm going to really try to stray away from that stuff on this podcast. Um, they had their moment of unity. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was good to see the demonstrations, um, that, uh, of, of unity in my, in my eyes, you know, national anthem ordeals, that's a whole nother, t- um, situation for me. But, uh, you know, I, I thought it was good to see the, the moment of unity that they had. Um, it really, it just kind of brought people together. Um, but once again, I, this is, I'm not going to go into all that. Um, the chiefs running back, uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire quite the name there. Um, that's actually Edwards Alaire is, uh, this player Clyde from, uh, LSU. That's actually his biological father and his step and his stepfather's, um, name. He had them merged together on one Jersey, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, had a phenomenal debut. Um, he's the second running back in history besides Saquon Barkley to have a hundred yards and a touchdown at a game. Um, he just looked really well. Um, he ran well, they, you know, and the Texans just didn't really seem to have an answer for him. And the Chiefs always have that one running back. I didn't, you know, I was talking to my dad this weekend and we were talking about it and he always said that, you know, when he'd play fantasy football, he would always have a Chiefs running back because they always have, they always have that one running back that does pretty well. You know, they don't blow up the NFL. They don't really, you know, kind of take off and, you know, win the rushing title, but they do very well stat-wise. Like uh, Damian Williams, who, you know, in my eyes should have been the Super Bowl MVP last year. Um, you know, he was the same way. Um, but, no, Clyde Edwards-Lair had a great game, um, super phenomenal debut, and I'm very excited to see what he does this season. Um, he, he definitely had his uh, welcome to the NFL moment, I will say, though. Um, if you've ever watched, like, NFL Films YouTube um, channel, they have these videos where like players will talk about their welcome to the NFL moments, like where, you know, they'll get hit really hard or they'll, you know, maybe score their first touchdown or get their first sack or if they meet a player. Um, And, uh, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I think, had his welcome to the NFL moment when he was going for a flat route and he caught it. And it was a super clean hit. I can't remember who hit him, though. But one of the Texans players came in and, you know, shoulder right into the chest of Edward Dallaire. Edward Dallaire turned and right into his chest and just knocked him right on his ass. Um, and I read, and I saw that hit and, you know, I'm a defense guy. I played in high school. I love defenses. And, um, and I, you know, I saw him get hit and I'm sitting there and I'm like, Ooh, you know, like nice hit. But then, um, I'm kind of thinking as well. I'm like, you know, that rookie probably is just like, Oh shit. You know, like I forgot this is what this is like. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Edward Dallaire, um, especially after his debut. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, did fairly well, even though he did, you know, have some missed passes and whatnot. Everybody does. You can't expect everybody to beat 100% all the time. Um, he had three touchdowns and 211 yards. Um, he, they were the Chiefs' offense was like they were hot from the beginning. Like I said, they had their they had their moments, but they were hot from the beginning. They had a touchdown taken away from them um, early in the in the game. It was their first drive. Uh, Mahomes took a shot downfield after 
Tyreek Hill had driven, uh, had brought some coverage. Like he, he had drawn the safety. So that left, um, I think it was a rookie receiver wide open. I can't remember what his name was. Um, and he caught it in the end zone, but he, it had unfortunately hit the ground. So it didn't count, but it was a, it was a phenomenal play. And once you saw that, you know, you were just kind of like, Oh yeah, shit. I forgot the chiefs. Like they strike that fast. Um, but they did. They did very well. Um, I was excited to see it. Travis Kelsey was performing well. Um, the O line did great. Uh, the Texans had, I think, two sacks in the game. But you know, it was just it was really fucking good to see. You know what I mean? It was just great to see. Um, just everybody. It was great to see everything. Um, Deshaun Watson. He had an okay game. Uh, he didn't really do that well until the second half of the game. I'd say like midway through the third, he started to turn it on. Uh, he had two total touchdowns. He had one passing touchdown and one rushing touchdown. Um, and he had an interception, which uh, wasn't entirely his fault. Um, he went to go throw it, and uh, Tyron Matthew had hit him as he threw, which uh, caused the ball to not go where he wanted to throw it, obviously, and it just went up in the air. It was intercepted by the Chiefs. Um, but Deshaun Watson, you know, he, he ran a lot. Um, he didn't uh, He didn't have a lot of cut. He didn't have a lot of protection. I don't know. I can't. I don't know how how many sacks the Chiefs had uh, total during the game, but he was pressured a lot, um, and it just didn't seem like, you know, that he was have, having very much help. And the the announcers had just been talking recent or like just before the game started that they were like, oh yeah, you know the 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 Texans have you know one of the the best uh, the best O lines in in the game right now, you know, and then you, they go on and he gets sacked a bunch of times. And it just didn't look good. The Chiefs had a total of four and a half sacks, which is not not great. Um, <laughs> not great at all. Uh, if you're the Texans O-line, you don't want to give up that many at all. But, uh, yeah, the the Texans defense only had one. So, you know, once you kind of start losing the sack game, then you, uh, you're you not going to perform so well. But Deshaun Watson, for the pressure that he was under, I think he was very good about um, getting away and, you know, making a play out of, out of nothing, which is what him and all these younger Younger quarterbacks are pretty good about doing. Um, David Johnson, uh, in his, you know, what felt like his first, like, game back um, to me, uh, he, like, his first game as a Texan, he did pretty well. He had 77 yards and a touchdown. Um, and they, it was, you know, he was kind of quiet towards the second half of the game, but in the first half, you know, it seemed like the Texans' offense was all, um, was all David Johnson. He just he did well. He ran well. He ran, and he kind of looked like he kind of looked like uh, 2015, 2016 David Johnson. He showed sparks, so um, I was happy to see that. Uh, the Chiefs did end up winning 34 to 20, um, if you didn't know. And yeah, you know, like I said, it, it looks sloppy, but um, I think the Chiefs are going to do well this season. I think uh, everybody's going to have a hard time uh, keeping that offense under control, and the Chiefs' defense, I think, is going to. Stay stay hot, because um, they got hot in the second half of last season, which really helped them in their uh, their title run. So yeah, we'll see we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm picking every single NFL game um, that's happening this weekend on uh, Sunday and Monday, and then we got about five college games happening today. So I'll pick the college games first. Um, I got UNC over Syracuse. UNC is ranked uh, number what the hell is it? UNC is ranked number 18, um, and I'm going to take them over Syracuse. I'm taking number 23, Iowa State, over unranked Louisiana. Um, I'm taking number 10 ranked Notre Dame over Duke. Uh, Duke can stick to basketball. (laughs) Um, Oklahoma, which is ranked number 5, I'm going to take them over uh, Missouri State. And I'm taking Clemson over 
uh, Wake Forest. Uh, Clemson is number one ranked, obviously. I don't really need to, to tell you why. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, those are my picks for today. Um, we'll see how that goes. I'll probably recap them next episode. Um, but right now, uh, for 1 p.m. on Sunday, um, the how many 1 p.m. games are there? Holy shit. There's like eight. Isn't there two, four, six, eight, ten? 10 maybe um anyway so we're gonna start Raiders Panthers um I think Teddy Bridgewater is gonna have a great debut as a as a Panther um I don't know I don't know who the hell the Raiders are starting if they're starting Mariota or uh what the fuck's his name Derek Carr I like Derek Carr um I just forgot his name but I like Derek Carr um but I'm taking Teddy B um right now actually after seeing how he did against uh for the Saints in those five games last year I think uh Teddy B is is due for a comeback and on a team of his own um, the next game, which is uh, Washington over or against the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm taking I'm taking the football team. That seems very vague, but that's the team name. I'm taking the Washington football team over the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are favored to win, but I'm I'm taking Washington. I think uh, I think Chase Young is going to have a great debut on defense, and I think uh, Kyle Allen and as their new quarterback, um, I think he's, his success with. Uh, the Carolina Panthers last season, I think he's going to carry over to Washington, which kind of annoys me um, being in the in the Cowboys division. But um, I, I do like Kyle Allen. Uh, Kyle Allen. So I'm going to choose Washington, even though they're a corrupt organization. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, I'm taking Seattle over the Falcons. Um, Russell Wilson, you will always have a chance. Um, you know, just because they added Jamal Adams, you know, that just puts more fire into the or puts more fuel into the fire, but um, I am a firm believer that no matter how bad your team is, um, if you have Russell Wilson, you always have a chance. He he's just he's one of the best quarterbacks that I've seen play um, personally, and he's just he's he's getting he's getting older. He's a vet now, but he he still has the ability to make the make a play with his legs and extend a play, and he's just he's great. I fucking love Russell Wilson. So I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking Seattle over over Atlanta. Uh, I'm taking the Bills over the Jets. Um, I think the Bills are are in prime to win the AFC East this year. Um, I don't I had I don't have a ton of faith in Cam Newton. I'll get to that. Um, and the Jets, they're they're still figuring it out. Um, I think Le'Veon Bell was not very smart to choose the Jets unless he was just looking for money, which he probably was. Um, I don't know for sure, but um, I don't think the Jets are are due to win anything anytime soon. And the Bills uh, adding Stephon Diggs this year. Um, and Josh Allen getting better every year. Devin Singletary is a, a great young running back. The defense is great. They just uh, re-signed um, uh, Tredavious White. So I'm, I'm really excited to see the Bills do this year. Um, I'm taking Colts over Jags. I think Phillip Rivers has a great a great debut um, on the team. Um, the Jags, once again, are still figuring out. Gardner Minshew is their starting quarterback. Um, and, yeah, they're just they're still figuring it out. Losing Leonard Fournette was a big blow to them, but, you know, it, I think it was time for him to go as well. You know, they're, it, the Jags are figuring it out. They've been figuring it out for a long time now, but um, I think I think if they can keep Minshew around and he can develop as a, as a player, he's got that he's got that ice-cold ability, Minshew does, um, but I, um, I don't see them winning much this year. Um, and I think the Colts are going to win their division, and I think Phillip Rivers is going to lead them to, uh, to maybe to a semi-decent playoff run. Uh, the Bears over the Lions I'm taking. I think uh, Mitchell Trubisky, this is a hot take. I think Mitchell Trubisky has a decent season. I think this is his comeback season. He beat out Nick Foles for the job, um, quote-unquote. But I think uh, I think the Bears are going to make the playoffs. I think the defense is going to have a bounce-back season. Um, it wasn't terrible last year, but I think, it, it, I think it's going to get better. Um, I'm taking the Patriots over the Dolphins. Maybe. 
that this is kind of a weird pick for me. I don't have a ton of faith in Cam Newton. I don't. Um, I think the Pats are um, entering a rebuild stage. I think they are. I think, you know, you got an older Cam Newton who, you know, maybe with new life, with a new team, he um, maybe he'll get rejuvenated and he'll start playing well again. Um, I don't know. But I'm also excited to see how Tua Tagovailoa does. Um, try, try and say his last name five times in a row. Um, but I think if Tua can catch fire and if he can start kind of, you know, doing his thing in, in, um, in Miami and, you know, really take the job as his own. I think that the Dolphins could, could, um, win a couple games this year. I, I would give the Dolphins at most, if Tua does well, I'd give the Dolphins maybe six to seven wins, maybe that that's stretching it. Um, but I'm taking the Pats, um, just cause I think, you know, I don't have a ton of faith in Cam Newton, but I also have this, this small little, you know, little voice in the back of my head that's saying, you know, maybe he gets new life in, in New England and he'll uh, he'll do well. And they still got a pretty solid defense. They lost quite a few players, but they still have a pretty solid defense. And Bill Belichick's a masterful coach. He's a, he's amazing. He's one of the best of all time. So I'm sure I'm sure they'll they'll uh, they'll beat out the Dolphins at least. Um, I'm taking the Ravens over the Browns in the division matchup. I think the Ravens are gonna uh, start right where they left off last year. They had they had a great uh, a great run. Um, they just unfortunately met in the Tennessee Titans when they were at the height of their run as well. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is going to continue to grow as a quarterback, not just a runner, but as a quarterback. He was uh, doing very well throwing last season as well. A lot of people forget that. Well, Lamar Jackson's very good at running, but he uh, he did very well last season, you know, throwing and being an actual quarterback last year. So um, I think they're going to go right where they left off. Um, I do think it's going to be a good game, though. I think the Browns, I think this year they're really going to figure it out. Um, you have a lot of different egos on there. You have a lot of different play styles with Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, uh, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb. You know, you have a lot of good talent on that team, um, especially on offense. The defense is pretty solid as well. Um, but I think this year the Browns figure it out. I think they mesh a little bit better. Um, and, you know, with people who have such, you know, such not not egos, but when they have such big personalities on a team, like Baker Mayfield, you know, and Odell, you kind of got give them a little bit of time to figure figure each other out. And I think uh, I think this year they're gonna put it together. I'm taking the Packers over the Vikings um, in the division matchup. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is he's just Aaron Rodgers. He's fucking solid. Um, Kirk Cousins though is a bad motherfucker. Evidently, uh, when he was asked about the coronavirus recently, he said, "If I die, I die." Um, he had to reiterate, obviously, later that he like meant that he you know, still is taking it serious, blah, 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 blah. But um, I think with a loss of Stephon Diggs to the Vikings, I think it's going to take a huge blow to their offense. So, you know, they still got Dalvin Cook, Adam Thieland, but I think um, I think the Packers are going to be able to edge out the Vikings. Just uh, I have faith in Aaron Rodgers, even though he always beats my fucking Cowboys. Um, I'm taking the Saints over the Bucks. Matchup of the fucking day, of the day. I'm taking the Saints over the Bucks. Um, I think this Buccaneers team has quite a bit of hype around it. Um, and it, it should, you know, it, it should. It, it has revived Rob Gronkowski. Um, whether or not he does well, that's a whole different story. Um, Tom Brady, it's a new place for him. We've never seen Tom Brady play anywhere else. Um, you know, you got two phenomenal wide receivers in Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. And they just signed Leonard Fournette as well. Leonard Fournette, he's a little bit of injury prone right now. He's starting to fall under that category. Um, but we'll see. Um, but I think the Saints are going to, I think they're going to, you know, they're going to take the division right away. They're going to kind of, you know, look at the Bucks and say, you know, this is our division. You know, you're going to have to earn it. Um, a lot of people are hyped up about the Bucks, but I, uh, I, I don't know. Um, the Niners are playing Arizona in another division matchup. Most of these are obviously division matchups, but 
um, it, it, they're very they're very big starts to the to the division uh, and to the season. Um, but I'm taking the Niners over Arizona. Um, I think the 49ers are going to do the same as uh, the Ravens. I think they're going to start right where they left off, other than the loss of Raheem Mostert, I believe. I haven't really followed that story much, but right now um, I believe that Raheem Mostert um, you know, doesn't want to be in San Francisco anymore. I'm pretty sure because they couldn't reach a deal with him, even though he was one of – they had that three-headed monster of running backs. It was uh, I think it was Tevin Coleman, um, Raheem Mostert, and one other guy. I can't remember. Fuck. But uh, they were they had a really good uh, running back core, and uh, Mostert was kind of the the head arrow of that. Um, but I'm also excited to see Arizona. Um, their defense did great last season. They were one of the leading sack teams. Um, Kyler Murray, like he's a little shorter in his position, but you know he's 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 a pretty good pretty good quarterback. I'm when it comes to he's a great runner as well. He's a good young quarterback. Well, it'll be interesting to see how he goes with his uh, his career, um, how he ages. But you know, deciding. Uh, yeah, sorry. Signing DeAndre Hopkins. Um, that's a big move for Arizona over the season. Um, giving away a, an older David Johnson, um, who I said earlier, you know, did phenomenal um, in the Texans Chiefs game for what he was worth. Um, but uh, picking up DeAndre Hopkins um, is a great move. I think putting Hopkins with a quarterback like Kyler Murray could help Murray kind of, uh, you know, cement his place as a quarterback a little bit better. Um, but we'll see. Um, and DeAndre Hopkins also, if you didn't know, um, he got it, he signed an extension with the, the Cardinals. I think it was a two year extension, um, for like $54.5 million, but DeAndre Hopkins didn't have an agent there. He did it himself. He negotiated it himself, which is insane, but also, you know, it's kind of impressive. (laughs) Um, I'm taking the Cowboys over the Rams. I'm not biased on this. I'm not. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Losing Brandon Cooks, okay, for the Rams. Losing Brandon Cooks. Um, Cooper Cup, not there. They haven't reached a deal with him yet. Robert Woods is, eh, he's he's good, but you know he was very good when they had Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods all playing together. Losing Todd Gurley, okay, and the, really the only and um, Akib Talib retired. And yeah, you know I'm not I'm not about it with the Rams. You still have Aaron Donald, you know. And Jared Goff is okay. Jared Goff is okay. Um, last season wasn't great, though. You know, the Rams had their their Super Bowl run, um, and they didn't finish it off in one of the worst performances in Super Bowl history, in my opinion, on both sides. That was a terrible Super Bowl. Absolutely awful. Um, but the Rams, I think they had their Super Bowl run, their, their, their dream season, didn't cap it off, and I think they're headed towards a rebuild again. I think. That maybe they could bounce back if they, if they sign... You know, maybe a wide receiver or a running back, you know. But I don't think Jared Goff is good enough right now. He might be later, but right now I don't think he's good enough. And the Cowboys, they on paper, and this is unbiased, <laughs> on paper the Cowboys are very good on paper. They just have a terrible, 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 terrible way of not pu- applying it to the field. But Dak Prescott has come out and said that because we didn't reach it, or because the Cowboys didn't reach a deal with him this season, he his He's uh, it's lit a new fire under him to to prove that he is worth the money again. Um, whether or not that's just you know PR to say to the media or whatever, that's that's what he said. I'm taking it, you know, um, and I'm very excited to see how the Cowboys do. Obviously, I'm a fan, but I don't have any faith in the fucking Rams this year. You know, the Rams are in a very tough division um, with the Niners, Arizona, and Seattle. I think the Rams may be in the last spot. They could be. 
That that's I'm you know I'm saying that I'm saying the Rams are going to lose the division this year. They're going to be in fourth place. In that whole division, I think it's Niners, Seattle fight for for number one, um, and then I think Arizona is going to just not. They're going to be just far enough away to where the Rams aren't going to catch them. But yeah, that's it. That's my Rams rant over. <laughs> they have a great new stadium though. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm taking the Giants over the Steelers. I, I don't know who the fuck it was. I was scrolling through Instagram, and I saw this thing. I think it was Bleacher Report. And somebody on the Bleacher Report team had said that they were picking the Steelers. They, they had Super Bowl picks, and I'll actually give you a Super Bowl pick as well um, in a little bit. They said that the Steelers were going to beat, I think, the Saints. I think it was the Saints or the Bucks. They said the Steelers. The Steelers. Steelers have, the Steelers' defense was very great at the end of the season last year. I think it was like seven takeaways in like four games, something like that, at one point. But uh, what? You know that everybody's banking on Ben Roethlisberger. You don't know if Ben Roethlisberger is going to be any fucking good. You know, I don't even know if Ben Roethlisberger is going to a make it through the season, or maybe pull a Vontae uh, Davis and retire halfway through a goddamn game. I, I, I'm other than the defense. I'm not on the Steelers train. I'm not. I like Juju. I like James Conner. But right now, I don't believe in Ben Roethlisberger. He might be good. He might be good. But I think he might be past his prime. Um, well, not he's obviously past his prime, I think. But, you know, I don't think he's coming back to, to form. I don't. And I think the Giants, I think this is a year. If, if, if it doesn't happen this year, I think Daniel Jones needs to step into the light and actually take the spot. And uh, I think Saquon's going to have a bounce back season. He didn't, he didn't do phenomenal last year, but I think he's going to be doing a, I think he's going to have a great season this year. And, yeah, that's it. I think the Giants, if it doesn't happen this year for Daniel Jones, I think they got to get rid of him. I think they got to look for somebody else. Um, and my last pick of the of the week of for this week for football, um, I'm taking Titans over Broncos. I think the Titans will have a great, a great offense this year. I think uh, Tannehill is going to continue to play his his football, his style of football, which is very weird. But um, he, he is very... You know, do it for the team. He'll get, he's older. He's I think he's 33 now, but he will take off and go on a run and take a hit if he needs to for the team. Um, I think Derrick Henry is going to continue to to run well. He might even win the rushing title again. And I think A.J. Brown has a breakout season. Um, he had a great season last year, but I think this year is the year that he really um, puts, a, puts a, a stake in the ground and says, I'm here, bitches. And you can take that to the bank. Um, I think the Broncos do have a decent season, though. But um, I, I'm taking the Titans out. I'm taking the Titans and winning, um, them over the Broncos. And I'm going to cap off this, uh, this episode of the Boom Team Podcast um, with my Super Bowl pick, okay? Everybody get your, your drum rolls going. I don't know if you can hear it in the background. I'm taking the Chiefs versus... Actually, no. No, sorry. No, I'm not. That's a lie. That's a lie. Taking the Ravens. Versus, are you ready? Are you building suspense? <laughs> I'm taking the <laughs> I'm taking the Ravens versus the Saints. My brother's gonna kill me because he knows the whole thing about you know whatever teams I pick for anything don't end up happening. But I'm taking the Ravens versus the Saints in the Super Bowl. You know, as, as a Cowboys fan, some people if they're if you're also a Cowboys fan, you might be like, what? But um, I think I I just I think the the Saints have the best division in football right now. And I think the Ravens are gonna are gonna really take the step towards the Super Bowl again, and they're gonna you know make it. They're gonna make that final step. Um, but that's my pick. 
and you know we'll we'll check back hopefully in February and it'll be right. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Boom Team podcast. I have a great time making these. I hope you guys have a great time listening. Um, with all this crazy shit that's going on in the world um, right now with coronavirus and you know just everything going on in sports, um, I hope you guys are, have the ability to find time to really enjoy something that you do love. Um, just because we may not all agree, doesn't I don't think um, take, can take away the fact that we can enjoy something like football and sports. Um, and, you know, kind of have it, let it ruin it for us. Um, I hope you guys all have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you guys on the flip side.